Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Syracuse, New York with my good friend Deb Pollock of TrappleHackingAdventures.com. Deb moved to Syracuse with her husband in 2005 for a job and fell in love with the small town feel and East Coast Edge. In this episode, Deb and I talk about the city's annual Bacon and Bourbon Fest, the New York State Fair, and the smallest ski slope in the U.S. You hear about these three fun attractions, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Syracuse. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Deb, welcome to the show. Hi, Lee. Today, we're talking about Syracuse, New York. When people think of New York, obviously, New York City is one of the first things that comes to mind, but there's still a lot of other great things to do outside of the city across the rest of the state. So today, we're going to learn all about Syracuse and your best tips for it. Great. Yeah, New York is a huge state. Uh, New York City is amazing, but there's a lot more to the state other than just the city. Right on. So what brought you to Syracuse? So my husband and I moved here 15 years ago, basically for work. And then we liked it enough that we decided to stay and we've been here ever since. What are a couple of the things that really kind of keep you there? The cost of living is relatively low. So the real estate is pretty inexpensive. Taxes are a bit higher than other places, but you get a lot of infrastructure, like amazing state parks, which we'll talk about, great school districts. And we really like the outdoors and even though kind of our good seasons for being outdoors are relatively short, unless you're into winter sports, when the summer and fall hits, there is just so many amazing opportunities for outdoor adventures. Um, Just incredible hiking, waterfall trails, uh, kayaking, boating, lots of water sports, all kinds of things that I can talk about. But it's just gorgeous in the nice weather, which is an important caveat when you talk about Syracuse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I was looking for places to move, I definitely didn't want to go above a certain level in the United States because I didn't want to have to shovel snow. Yeah, you have to kind of be willing to deal with snow to live in Syracuse. But visiting, (laughs) as long as you avoid, unfortunately, a good eight months of our year, (laughs) then the other four months are pretty incredible. (laughs) Nice, nice. Since you've been there for, you know, 15 years or so, if you had to describe the city or the people of Syracuse in just a couple of words, how would you do that? Warm, but with an East Coast edge. <laughs> so when we first came to visit, actually, it was the weekend we moved here. We brought a friend to help. And he's from, I think he's from somewhere in the Midwest, but he was living in Pittsburgh with us. And he was like, OK, OK, Syracuse has a bit of an edge to it. And I think like I had been living in Pittsburgh prior to that, which to me had more of a Midwestern feel. I'm originally from New Jersey, right outside of New York City. And one of the reasons, again, I think we liked it is because I don't know where the line is between, you know, when things are sort of more East Coast and then you start to kind of blur into the Midwest a little bit more. But Syracuse, to me, feels like more of an East Coast city. Okay. I don't know, just kind of the vibe of the people and um, probably something have to do with the attitude and the food and things like that. So, yeah, that's how I would describe it. 
So like you kind of alluded to it earlier when we're talking about visiting Syracuse, certain times of the year that are better uh, than others to visit. Yeah. Uh, Certain times of the year that you got a lot of snow and other times it's maybe a little bit warm. So that's really, really important if you're considering a trip to Syracuse. Weather is a huge factor here. We have four-ish seasons. We don't really have a spring. I would honestly say that spring is probably our worst season. It doesn't really exist. For example, today's April 22nd and it snowed this morning. And I think it's the fourth time this week it's snowed. So March, April, May, it's likely that there will still be snow and it's not fun snow. It's like mushy, gushy snow. You know, there's not enough snow to do any of the winter sports activities. And there's a lot of precipitation and there's a lot of gray skies and it's still pretty chilly. So it's just not a good time to come because there's really not that much to do. And it's not the outdoor activities. A lot of the, for example, some of the gorge trails for some of the cool state parks with waterfalls and stuff, they'll still be closed in the spring. They won't even open till June because it's too slippery. Oh, sure. I would avoid March, April and May for sure. If you're not afraid of the winter, winter's not bad. If you want, if you do come from an area where you don't get a lot of snow and you want to see snow, the good thing about Syracuse is you're pretty much guaranteed to see snow because it snows almost nonstop. From about December through March, we get on average like 125 inches of snow a year. We're one of the snowiest cities in the country. So we compete with our other throughway sister cities, um, Rochester and Buffalo, for the Golden Snowball Award every year <laughs> of who gets the most snow. And the reason why we all, um, us in Rochester and Buffalo, get so much snow is because of something called Lake Effect. So Syracuse actually, as far as temperature, it actually doesn't get that cold compared to other Midwestern or Northern cities. But because we are right under that Lake Ontario, there's some kind of weather. I don't know that much about the meteorology, but there's something that happens when the precipitation goes across the lake and it just turns into copious amounts of snow. So it's a lot of snow, but it actually doesn't get that cold. It doesn't get below it's rare that it gets into the teens. Um, So it's usually in the twenties and thirties. It just snows every day. We do have some ski slopes, but they're not as big as places in like Vermont or, you know, certainly not like out West in Colorado or things like that. So they're mostly for the locals to use for skiing and the locals love them, but you're not going to find a lot of big resorts. It's not exactly like a skiing destination. Okay. So is it more like a a lot of like greens and blues? Not, Not a lot of blacks? Uh, they do have their own blacks, but they don't compare to what they would be like in Colorado and things okay. like that. I'm not a skier, so I don't know that much about it. But my neighborhood, actually, at the bottom of my hill, we actually have a mini ski slope <laughs> um, with a chairlift and everything. And it's billed as the smallest ski slope in the United States. And that's on my street. <laughs> so we did, again, it's kind of just for locals, you know, to have, have something to do in the very long winter. Um, and there's snowmobiling, cross-country skiing, uh, snowshoeing, things like that. But the best, best seasons, and when I would really recommend to visit, would be anytime between July and October. That's where we really shine. And there is so much going on in the summer and fall because that's when we kind of all emerge from our hidey holes. And we're all sort of manic with energy because (laughs) we've been stuck inside for eight months. And so we kind of like, we go crazy in the summer. So there's tons of stuff to do. And like I said, the outdoor scenery and the state parks and all the outdoor activities are really incredible um, in the summer and fall. So that's really the best time to come. And the best, best time to come probably would be the last 
two weeks of August because that's when we have the great New York State Fair. So before we get into the State Fair, let's talk about getting to Syracuse for people who are listening and want to plan a trip to visit Syracuse. Is there a local airport there? Yeah, so there is a local airport. It's small. It was just renovated a couple years ago, so it's pretty nice now, but it's still relatively small. So we just have two, they're not separate terminals, but two wings, basically. The three major legacy carriers, uh, United, Delta, and American, all fly in and out of our airport. And we also have, for low-cost carriers, we have Allegiant, Frontier, and JetBlue. Um, But there's very limited direct flights. So you can get a direct flight from D.C. Reagan Airport. You can get Chicago on all three, I think, of the New York City airports. Detroit, I think Toronto. I can't remember if they uh, still have service to Canada. And then some of um, Frontier and Allegiant, you know, they have service to some of their small airports that they go to. So Frontier, I know they started a nonstop flight between here and Raleigh-Durham recently. Um, And then Allegiant goes to a lot of those small Florida airports. So you can get direct flights back and forth to most parts of Florida, you know, like the big Orlando, Tampa area, I think Miami. Other than that, there's really no direct flights. So it can be a little tough to get here. Absolutely. So when we once we arrive at the airport, uh, what's the best way to get around or to get to the downtown area? Do we rent a car? Do we take public transportation? Uh, take an Uber? The ride shares are plentiful here. So if you want to do ride share, that's fine. Um, but I would recommend renting a car because in Syracuse, you're probably not going to want to spend your whole time in the downtown area. There are some things to do there. But when you're visiting this area, you're not just visiting the city. You're really visiting the whole central New York area. Um, Because there's so many day trips and side trips that you want to do. And our downtown is pretty small. So you'll want a car to explore. And then public transportation there. There is a bus system, but it's not great. So I would really recommend renting a car. Okay. Okay. And so we got our car. We're now getting ready to head into into town. What part of town should we plan to to stay in for our hotels? Or are there any areas that we should like, uh, let's, let's stay away from there? Yeah, it kind of depends on what you're interested in. It is nice to stay downtown. So there's a good number of hotels in the downtown or the Syracuse University area. And Syracuse University is almost downtown. They're they're walking distance from each other. So that's where most of the really nice hotels are. Um, So if you wanted like a nice luxury hotel type experience, that's where you would stay. And then also there is there are some cool things to do downtown. So that would give you walking distance to some of the really nice restaurants and other activities that there are to do downtown. And then, of course, if you did want to stay out in some of the surrounding areas, like in the Finger Lakes, um, there's lots of nice like bed and breakfast type places to stay, Airbnbs, things like that. And if you are into camping in the summertime, because, again, we just have so many wonderful state parks there's a lot of good camping opportunities too. So the whole variety. Well, good. So there's a lot of options depending upon what your what your budget is and what type of adventure you want to have. Yeah. And there's also, um, there's another cluster of hotels in an area called Carrier Circle. So if you are looking up hotels in Syracuse, most of them are either going to be in that downtown or Syracuse University area, but you're going to see a lot pop up in an area called Carrier Circle. That's just an industrial area kind of to the east of the city. And that's where a lot of the business travelers stay. It would be good if, for example, you wanted to, you knew you were just going to have a car and you were mostly going to do a lot of day trips around the area and you didn't really care 
about where your hotel was situated, then it would probably be a good budget friendly option, but it's not going to be scenic or anything like that. It's going to be like, you're going to be actually having a view of the New York state thruway. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that is an option if you kind of wanted to save money and you knew you were just going to be driving around most of the time. Okay, cool. So after that little diversion, let's go back and talk a little bit about the, the state fair and some of the state parks, some of the other things that are to do while we're visiting. Yeah. So in the summertime there, like I said, we kind of get a little manic in the summer because we're so excited for nice weather. And so there's basically a festival downtown every weekend over the summer. And sometimes there's like, you can't even fit them in. So they start to overlap. So you have more than one festival going on downtown at the same time. So that's why also it could be fun to stay downtown. So some of the big ones are Taste of Syracuse, where local restaurants They set up all throughout the downtown area and they set up booths for where you can try some of their signature dishes for like a dollar or two dollars. They have bands playing, there's entertainment. So that's a good festival. There's also the Arts and Crafts Festival that takes over the whole downtown. Um, That's a fun one. They have a jazz fest, a blues fest, and then they have every kind of ethnic fest you can imagine. There's Juneteenth to celebrate African-American history. There's an Italian fest, a German fest. So There's a festival pretty much anytime you come in the summer, you can find a festival downtown. And then it all culminates in the New York State Fair, which is huge. They get over a million visitors a year at the State Fair um, all over the place. I think last year they had like 1.3 million visitors come through. And in our area of greater, you know, the central New York sort of Syracuse suburbs area, we we only have a population of about 600,000. So people are coming in from all over the state and even other states to go to the state fair. It's pretty incredible. It's huge. That does sound amazing. There's one other fest I think you mentioned before we started uh, that sounds really cool, the the Bacon and Bourbon Fest. Yeah, so I actually have never been to that one. It's been on my list for a while, but um, that's actually out in the eastern suburbs a little bit. It's actually pretty close to my house in a town called Chittenango. There's a kind of golf course that has a restaurant, and they made this sort of festival space in there sort of backyard area. The name of it is called The Ridge. And they put on a lot of summer, small summer music festivals. And they have one called Bacon and Bourbon. And they have music all day, um, lots of bands playing. So that's a fun one too. But there's a lot of, because we have so much open space and agriculture over the past, I would say like five years, a lot of these restaurants that have maybe a farm connected to it or a big open space, they've really been trying to do that kind of thing where, you know, they will um, have music or a big outdoor festival type thing with food and music and things to do. And they might be a microbrewery that's attached to it. So um, there's a lot of that kind of thing going on in the summer too. That sounds really cool. And so one of the things you also mentioned to do in the summer and like the, the early fall is hitting up all the state parks. What are some of your favorites? There's so many cool ones. So the biggest ones that um, are probably the most popular, and they're actually, again, more kind of to the eastern suburbs. Um, One that's amazing is called Green Lakes State Park. And it's called Green Lakes because it's a glacial lake and the way that the minerals are in the water. And it's something about the depth of the water and the minerals that are in it. The color is like this very bright aquamarine color, more aqua than even the Caribbean. It's hard to describe, but it's gorgeous. And there are trails all over the park, including around the lake. You can swim in the lake. They have a huge beach with concessions and everything like that. 
It's a really popular camping spot and they have tent camping. They have cabins. They have a nature center with in the summer. They have programs every day where they'll bring in different types of animals um, that you can learn about. So there's all kinds of things going on there in the summers. Oh, and they have um, a boathouse where you can rent boats. You can't bring your own boat onto the lake. You have to use theirs because they want to keep the... Um, the makeup of the minerals in the lake that has to stay pure so that it can keep that blue green color. So you can't bring in outside boats because it might, there might be something on your boat that would mess that up. So you can rent kayaks from them and they have these crystal kayaks that are see-through transparent. Oh, wow. And so you can take those out. So that's, that's a really fun park. There are some parks that have really incredible waterfalls where we live, sort of the geology of it, it's a lot of limestone, and that often makes these gorges. So I don't know if you know, um, I've heard that much about like Ithaca, which is only an hour south of us. And the phrase is Ithaca is gorgeous, which is kind of referring to that it is gorgeous, beautiful, but they also have a lot of gorges. And we have some of that too here. So the closest kind of big waterfall area Because a lot of these gorges, they have waterfalls that go into the gorge. You can kind of take a trail down into the gorge to see the waterfall from the bottom up, or you can take trails around the ridge and see the waterfall from the top down. So the closest one to Syracuse is Chittenango Falls State Park, which has this really huge, beautiful waterfall. And then one of the things I would recommend would be to take a road trip down to the Ithaca area, which is about an hour and 15 minutes south of us. And they have about three or four... Well, actually, probably about four or five really great state parks that all have these huge waterfalls and gorges. And some of the state parks, some of those parks, you walk along the gorge trail and there might be like 13 to 14 waterfalls all along the trail. And so those are Treeman State Park, Buttermilk Falls, Fillmore Glen State Park, and one called Tagahonic, which is just one huge waterfall. So going and finding waterfalls is an activity that you could do for several days up here and probably still not see all of them. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think it's also a great thing because a lot of times the state parks, there's no charge. So it's a great budget-friendly thing to do. And it's obviously good for whether you're on a date, like a hiking date, or you're there with a family, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, uh, New York, even though our state parks are very well maintained um, in the summertime, so from uh, Memorial Day through Labor Day, they do charge. And one of the reasons is that in a lot of these parks, you can go swimming. So you're kind of paying like a beach fee. So like Green Lakes, there's a beach there. And actually, I forgot to mention at a lot of these parks, especially the ones down in Ithaca where there's a waterfall, they also allow swimming at the base of the waterfall. The water's pretty cold. (laughs) So it's not like swimming at the base of waterfall in Jamaica or something like that, but it's still really fun. So because of that, they do charge admission and they're usually, depending on the park, between like six and eight dollars per car. That's not bad at all. Yeah, but you can also, if you're planning on being here for a week or two weeks or whatever in the, in the whole area, you can buy a New York State pass for the season. And that's usually about $60 for the season. And then that will get you into any of the parks. Oh, that's a great way to save some money if you're going to be hitting up a bunch of those parks. That's cool. Yep. Before we go, I definitely don't want to miss out on talking about some of the great food in Syracuse. What are some of your favorites that we should make sure we don't miss? Okay, well, our most famous one is is a restaurant called Dinosaur Barbecue, and that is pretty world-renowned, so that's usually where people want to go first when they go to Syracuse, and it absolutely 
has earned its rights. It's amazing barbecue, um, which you don't think of in upstate New York. <laughs> but um, it's this um, biker bar. So it's kind of got a cool, gritty atmosphere. You'll always see a bunch of Harley Davidsons out. But, you know, it's not scary or anything like that. And they also have a lot of blues music going on. So, you know, you can check their calendar and see what what music they have, you know, for that night that you want to go. But at least once or twice a week, they usually have some blues music. And the food is just incredible, like pit barbecue ribs, chicken, brisket, and then these amazing sides. So that's a must do if you come to Syracuse. And I will say, because it's so popular, if you go at night, especially on a weekend, you will be waiting in line probably for an hour or more. If it's a nice night, they let you hang out outside and you can get drinks and and wait that way. But one of the ways we've gotten around waiting online is to go on a weekday for lunch. And then usually you can get in and, and sit right down. Oh, nice. That's a good way. It's all part of the experience, waiting in line and doing all that, building up the anticipation. But when you're only there for maybe a, a short period of time, or if you have young kids and they're doing their thing, right? Uh, <laughs> the last thing you want to yeah. do is be sitting in line for an hour, right? Right. And you have to also check, um, make sure it's not, um, there's any event having to do with Syracuse University, like their parents weekend or homecoming or something like that, because then it'll be mobbed. Oh, sure. So what are some of the other favorites? So some of the other favorites um, that really have stood the test of time, there's a restaurant. The downtown area, um, like I said, is pretty small. And there's a part of downtown called Armory Square. And that's where most of the restaurants and bars and just kind of like, you know, places that you'd want to go and walk around and hang out are. And that's also where our science museum is, which is really fun for kids. And the science the museum is called the Museum of Science and Technology. And it's housed in an old armory. So that's why it's called Armory Square. So in Armory Square, there's a restaurant called Possibilities that is Italian and they make fresh pasta and they have, they're known for this famous, it's kind of like a ciabatta. They call it a stretch bread. They make that and they make this oil called spicy tomato oil and you dip the bread in the spicy tomato oil and it's pretty amazing. So that's a good restaurant. There is a Polish restaurant that's kind of in a hole-in-the-wall place. It's called Ava's European Sweets. And that has authentic Polish food, pierogies, kibasa, amazing Polish desserts. So I would recommend that place. And there are two sort of hipster Mexican restaurants that are really good. They have a nice atmosphere. The food is great. One is called Alto Cinco. That was the first one. And that's in a neighborhood near the university called Westcott. It's basically just one street, but that's kind of the hipster neighborhood in our area. That's more like a, you know, young 20-something vibe. Um, Lots of people, you know, having drinks there, sangria, great Mexican food. So that's Alto Cinco. And then they opened up a second location downtown called Otro Cinco. And they also do a great brunch. Last thing, you you mentioned brunch. Say I'm there with my family, something like that. We want to get some uh, some pancakes, some waffles, something for breakfast before we head out for the day. Where should we go? There's a place also at Armory Square called Modern Malt. And they do things like breakfast poutine um, with tater tots. I think they did like a, a Fruity Pebble waffle or pancake. I'm trying to remember. So they do some funky things for breakfast. So that's a fun place. If you want to go like real old school, down and dirty Syracuse, you'd have to drive out to this neighborhood called Eastwood, which is still within the city limits, but it's kind of an eastern suburb. And there's this place called Mother's Cupboard. And it's been, who is the guy that does on the Food Network that eats like these huge portions and 
makes himself sick. Guy Fieri? Yes. <laughs> so that was featured on, on that show because they do this thing called a Freda, which sounds like frittata, but it's not. I wasn't sure what it was, but it's basically like a big pile of scrambled eggs with like everything thrown into it. And it's like sausage and peppers and cheese. Like you can kind of get what you want. And it just looks like this huge plate (laughs) of like all this stuff thrown together. And that's kind of like a famous Syracuse thing to do. But if you do to get the full plate, I don't know, it would be like two pounds of food. So most people get like a half portion or a quarter portion. So again, that's kind of if you want to go down and dirty old school Syracuse. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, you got to hit those ones that are unique that you can only find in that city, you know? I mean, I like McDonald's every so often, but uh, you got to have those unique experiences like this. Yep. So, Deb, I really appreciate you sharing so many cool tips for Syracuse, but now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal in your town, where should they go and what should they eat? Uh, Definitely Dinosaur Barbecue, hands down. You have to go there. And um, you got to get the ribs. Um, But they do do like a combo platter. So that's what I would get, the combo platter with the ribs, the brisket, and the barbecue chicken. Oh, nice. I love me some barbecue. All right, so you've been there, like I said, about 15 years. What's one of your most memorable stories of being there? Yeah, so one story that is funny, which is the story about how I almost got divorced, was my husband and I wanted to take a bike ride on the Erie Canal towpath, which is a state historic park that goes along the old Erie Canal, which is definitely a really cool place to visit. And there's some museums away about the canal and things like that. And the original plan was to go about 10 miles to a restaurant in a town that you can kind of stop off on, eat lunch, and then for us to ride 10 miles back to the parking lot where we were originally going to start on. But we needed to grab a bike lock from Target because we wanted to lock our bikes at the restaurant. So we actually drove out there and then parked at an entrance to the canal towpath that was closer to Target, but that actually added about five miles to our ride, which I didn't kind of think about ahead of time that if you go back and forth, that would add an extra 10 miles to our ride. So we got on the path there. Now our original 20 mile bike ride, once we went to the restaurant and then went back, turned into 30 miles. And at that point, I like to ride my bike a lot, but my husband hadn't ridden his bike in, I don't know, a couple years or something like that. So <laughs> when we after we ate lunch, as we were trying to ride back, you know, after, you know, a couple miles, we realized our mistake that we had like sort of parked too far away, but there's nothing other, our car was there. So the only thing we could do was just keep riding until we got to our car. And I had never felt such pain in my knees in my entire life. And my husband was, you know, we were just beside ourselves. I didn't even think we could make it, but we had no choice. We couldn't call an Uber or something at that point. So we finally did make it to our car. We were very, very sore in our knees and other areas of our body for actually weeks. And my husband claims to this day that he did permanent damage because of that trip. <laughs> well, the good thing is that you actually made it back because otherwise we wouldn't be talking today. So it all worked out. There's no divorce. Yes. <laughs> Everything's good. Yes. Where's the happiest happy hour in Syracuse? I really like a place called the Blue Tusk that's also in that Armory Square area. And so um, they have indoor and outdoor seating, um, which is nice because, again, in the nice weather in Syracuse, you're going to want to capitalize that and sit outside. And that's a great people watching place because, again, it's it's the heart of downtown. And they have just um, hundreds of really great microbrews on tap. And they also feature a lot of local wines because we're so close to the Finger Lakes. And they have a wonderful food menu with 
you know, you can order sort of like tapas style, small plates, but they have lots of kind of gourmet meats and cheeses, sandwiches, paninis, and, um, but it's not formal in any way. You just kind of order at the bar, they give you a number and then they bring you your plate. And I know that they have happy hour for them is like 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday. I think you get like a dollar off beers and $10 off a bottle of wine. So they really extend their happy hour. That's really good. Hey, you know, if they want to have uh, discounts on drinks all day long, I'm, I'm going to be there hanging out. Yeah, it's a fun place. <laughs> well, okay, so one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Syracuse? Okay, can I give you two? Sure. So I am a New Jersey girl, so pizza is like really important to me, especially that it's actually authentic New York style pizza, which is hard to find outside of that area. So the place that I think has the closest to real New York style pizza is a place called Mario and Salvo's, and that's in one of the eastern suburbs of Syracuse called DeWitt. So that's just your typical little pizza parlor that you go in, you get a slice and you go out. But if you want more of a higher end experience, there's a great restaurant. It's actually across the street from Dinosaur Barbecue. It's called A Pizza Regional. And they do an amazing gourmet wood-fired pizza. So it just kind of depends if you want your more traditional New York style casual or do you want to sit down and have like a real gourmet pizza experience. I'm not picky. I'll take both. So uh, (laughs) when I come up there, I'll have to try both of them for sure. One for lunch and one for dinner. Now, you and I know each other because of a a Facebook group and everything. We'll talk about that in in a minute. But I know you travel probably almost as much as I do, maybe even more. What's your best travel tip? So I like to research things really far in advance. So what I like to do is go on TripAdvisor and start researching restaurants, to be honest, ahead of time, and then kind of map those out based on um, what attractions I want to see, and then just kind of um, use their feature where you can keep a list for a particular city of what restaurants you want to go to or what activities you want to go to. And then when I'm there, I don't have to spend a lot of time trying to figure out on the fly where I want to eat because I've already made the list ahead of time. So I guess I'm kind of a foodie because a lot of my trips center around making sure that I hit the best restaurants. That's really cool. I I go on TripAdvisor all the time, but I I didn't really notice that you can have that feature where you can save the restaurants for like that city in like your own like curated list. Yes. I have lists for like all the different cities that I visited and that way it's really easy to just pop on that list and then you can see them that way. That's really cool. So thanks for that. I'm learning something myself. That's really cool. So Deb, again, thank you for coming on the show and sharing all your tips for Syracuse. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, how people can reach you, and uh, a little bit about the Facebook group that we both belong to? Sure. So I am a clinical psychologist. I have a private practice, and I also teach a bit at um, Syracuse University and some other colleges nearby. But my hobby is traveling, especially traveling on a budget and with a family and using points and miles. So I do have a travel blog. It is called Adventures in Travel Hacking that just talks about the different trips my family and I have taken and how we got there, mostly using points and miles. I'm on Instagram as Experience Junkie with a Y. And I am a moderator for a group called Finance Buzz Elite, or we abbreviate it to FBZ Elite. And we are a group dedicated to helping people empower themselves with their personal finances, including how to learn to travel cheaply or even free, utilizing the points and miles system that a lot of um, credit cards set up for us. 
Absolutely. And and for uh, listeners who've listened to a bunch of the episodes, uh, you might remember that name, Finance Buzz, from Brenna Neth, who is our, our guest for Krakow, Poland. And uh, if you go on that site, you actually may even see some of the articles that I've written too. So we're a little, uh, we're a little bit of family here as far as that goes. Yep, for sure. So absolutely. So again, you know, Deb, I really appreciate you telling us all about Syracuse. Definitely everybody's going to have those links in the show notes so that way they can connect with you. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Lee. Big thanks to Deb for coming onto the show and sharing her tips for Syracuse. Show her some love by following her on Instagram at Experience Junkie, or join the Finance Buzz Facebook group FBZ Elite, where she's a moderator. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to show your favorite thing about Syracuse. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Syracuse. We want to say thank you to Award Wallet for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Award Wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Cleveland, Ohio to speak with my good friend Kevin Payne of FamilyMoneyAdventure.com. In this episode, Kevin and I talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the house where Christmas Story was filmed, and the annual Duct Tape Festival. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that we don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.